T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to The Joe O Show on 670 The Score. That's a tough situation, man, because it's, you know, for myself, um, I think that I'm, you know, definitely deserving of a, of a long-term deal, you know, not only uh, as a player, you know, but as a, as a person who is involved in the culture. You know, I'm a person where I feel like I've helped build Chicago's culture. And I think wherever, whether it be Chicago or somewhere else, wherever my next stop would be, I think that I would be a contributing factor to that culture, you know, and again, for myself is, you know, that's that's a significant value. You know, when you talk about, you know, a one-year deal or whatever the case may be, something that you're kind of forced into as a player, you know, when you're coming off of 3,000 yards in three seasons, when you help take a team to the playoffs two out of three years, you know, it's like you do feel deserving of the long term, no matter where that would be. You know, I think that's what kind of makes the franchise tag so tough. It's not the fact that, I mean, I, I think I can get a long-term deal probably in 31 other teams, you know, now depending on how that may look, depending on teams' caps and the players they have and stuff like that. But as a player, that should all kind of be up to your discretion. You know, it's like you can factor things in and say, you know, do I want to take what here? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? But the franchise tag really kind of hinders you. And then again, I mean, it puts it puts a lot of stuff back onto the player, you know, especially in my situation where, again, you know, I think that I brought a lot to the game over the past three years, you know, so that's a very tough situation, you know, and and for myself, you know, um, I probably would say that's definitely, you know, on the on the bottom, you know, of, of my list of choices. Oh, we're rolling in with Alan Robinson. It's a Grody show in for a Joe O show, as in Mark Grody. In for Joe Ostrowski tonight. And Bears fans, here's what you got in all sorts of stuff happening right now, right in front of me. So Dak Prescott, he has not been a big part of the Bears' circle of possibilities and this fun little quarterback thing we're doing this offseason with the Bears. This game of who is it going to be that we've all been participating in. I feel like some of us better than others. But we can now probably take Dak Prescott off the board, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. The Cowboys and Dak Prescott have agreed to a deal. And now some new information coming in from Adam Schefter and some of the details on this deal for Dak Prescott. The Cowboys are giving Dak Prescott a four-year, $160 million deal that is uh, including 
$126 million guaranteed. That's what the sources are telling Schefter. The first three years average $42 million per year. So we do this exercise every time a quarterback has gotten an extension and say, what, the last 10 years? And we'll go, oh, my God, that's great. But, you know, that's just... As a matter of fact, I don't do that anymore. That, you know, sounds about right for a really good quarterback at this point. He's not a game changer, Dak Prescott, but he went and he went and got his money. And then we just heard Allen Robinson coming in, and we can talk about him here in the first part too. And I'm just I'm just looking at Allen Robinson and my alerts just said on my cell phone that Allen Robinson has tweeted and he is replying to Adam Schefter's tweet, which gives the details that I just gave you, and a little bit more from Schefter. The deal includes a no-trade and no-tag clause. No-tag clause per source. And so Alan Robinson on Twitter, it's verified. It's A-Rob. It's number 12. And he writes, and I'm not sure I understand exactly what what he writes here, but he says, talk to them EM nice. I'm nice, Dak. Congrats, G. So that's what he is saying, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson is a guy who could probably appreciate the concept of getting an actual contract as opposed to the franchise tag, which might just hit Alan Robinson tomorrow. If you don't know, unless something has changed, and, and I mean that serious, I'll explain that in a second, the franchise slash transition tags, the deadline for those would be tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 p.m. Chicago time. If you like to do the East Coast time, that would be 4 o'clock. But I like to say Chicago time. Uh huh. Um, and it was there was a possibility today, and I haven't heard anything to to verify this at this point that this would be true. But they, there had been some talk of pushing back the official or, or extending, I should say, the deadline to give players the transition slash franchise tag if the official cap number isn't made official. But I've not seen anything about that. The cap is not going to be lower than $180 million. So stand by. Who knows? We could get some news throughout the course of this show tonight here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And I promise you, we will stay on it and bring it to you if that is to occur. The new league year, when it really is going to get fun. And yes, it will be very interesting to hear what happens with Allen Robinson. And I do think he's going to get the tag. I've not backed off of that stance. The new league year begins on March 17th. Forget that lingo, though. That's the free agent frenzy. And we've we've heard whispers of certain cuts and waves. Bobby Massey, it looks like, could be a victim of the lower salary cap that exists for all teams. And I don't think anybody is going to be shocked by that, that the Bears could lose their right tackle. I don't think that's good, by the way. You know, for people who think, oh, okay, we could do without Massey. We need new guys. Um, No, I don't think that losing Bobby Massey he, he's going to get a starting job with another offensive line in, in the in the National Football League. But that that was per Ian Rappaport earlier today that Bobby Massey um, not likely to have his option exercised. But that has not been made official yet as well. So that's how we come into the show. <sighs> Already a deep breath. But hey, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are still in play, Bears fans. And what's going on? It is good to be here with you. Again, I'm Mark Grody. You can call me Grody if you want. I don't mind. That's totally cool. I have a lot of people who on first meeting call me Grody, and that's that's fine. It seems odd, but that's totally cool with me. Or Groats, I'm down with it. Whatever. I'm fine. Mark, okay? Middle name is Edward. You want to go that direction? You can also call me if you want to talk to me. 
um, or text me, 312-644-6767. I'm on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports is the way to do that. I am here with you until 10 tonight and tomorrow night, full four hours. I am in for Joe O tonight. Brandon Fryer is the producer of the show and the man to whom you would speak if you chose to call. And we're going to get to some bears in moments. That's what this hour will mostly be dedicated to. couple of guests later on in the show, including the score's very own Chris Emma, who covers really everything for 670thescore.com, but his major is bears. And he is an insider, and I love to pick his brain about what he thinks. And who knows, maybe by 8 o'clock there will be more bears news and we could know more stuff. So just stay tuned here at the score. Uh, bears is what I do. So he'll be on uh, with me tonight at 8. 9 o'clock tonight, James Nouveau. He covers the Chicago Blackhawks for NBC Sports Chicago. And I should just say, just regular old NBC Chicago. And he is one of the co-hosts of the Madhouse podcast that is the the best Blackhawks podcast in town. And I would say probably, and this is not hyperbole, probably the best in the country. He co-hosts it with Jay Zawoski. So we'll talk to uh, Nouveau about the the weekend that was the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning are really good. They won two out of three over the Blackhawks, and, and yesterday sucked for the Hawks. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. NBA and the Bulls will do that in the 7 o'clock hour. I'll have a few bullet points on my All-Star review. We're not going to get carried away with the All-Star game. Don't worry, because I know a lot of you probably didn't watch it. But I'll give you like a three-bullet-point review of what I saw, peripheral and game-wise. Cubs talk is going to happen on the show as well. Jason Hayward said something awesome today. He was like speaking my Cubs love language, something that I've been talking about since I was the pre and post game host in 2015, 16, and 17, and the way things have changed with the Cubs. And Hayward uttered some of the things to confirm that and back that up. So I can't wait to bring you some of that, Jason Hayward. And I am doing, you should know too, that I am doing the Liam Hendricks, and that means that I am drinking coffee at night. That's right. Liam Hendricks says he needs coffee to sleep. And I know I didn't look it up because I didn't want to get caught in the minutia and, and bore everybody. But there are like tests that say like, like, I don't know what it was, some quirky thing that if you drink coffee at night, it does help you. It can help you to sleep. Oh, it's it, that's just full of irony. I know. Um, and I'm sure somebody knows more about it than I do. But I decided I wasn't going to look it up to get trapped in bringing that to you. So the Bears quarterback situation to me, it's like the stock market right now as it pertains to landing a big-time guy. Optimism is up. Optimism is down. There is volatility. You know, you never know where it's going. We hear what we want to hear in a lot of cases. Um, you know, a, a week and a half ago or so, thereabouts, Danny Parkins and I were talking. I was I was in for Lawrence Holmes, and we were doing transition, and it was just Parko and I because Spiegel was off. And he asked, all right, who, Grody? Who's going to be your quarterback on opening day? I said, it's going to be Nick Foles. I was pretty confident at that moment. I backed off of that. I do not think Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears in week one. Um, and I have not ruled out either Russell Wilson, nor have I ruled out Deshaun Watson at this point. Um, I still don't think it's a good chance, but right here's why, and here's why. And I know that, that there's been a lot of very credible people who said no way, including Hub Arkish, who has said it every time he's been on the radio, John Clayton, who covers Seattle, and you all remember John Clayton and the credibility that he brings. He he is you know former national guy and now local guy who has who covers both of those guys at this point, and he has said that there's no way it's going to happen. The problem is, and those guys make complete sense. Things are bad 
with those quarterbacks and their respective teams. And because of that, because things are bad, there is hope. Only in sports radio would you hear that sentence uttered. <laughs> it's bad, so there is hope. Yes, there is. Um, it, it, it is true. And when things are bad with players and teams, and this era, we know who wins more times than not, it is the player. So either that could mean one of two things, that, that those guys would be traded, the option that we all want. We want that to consider or continue to be a fluid situation. Or the other side that Bears fans wouldn't like, and that would be that because of their standing up for themselves, things would get better on their own teams and they would get their way with with their teams. Another, now we talk about the volatility and the the here's some of the pessimistic side from today and that would come from one of the the biggest reporters in the NFL and I don't mean size wise I'm talking about Peter King Peter King um on here's what he said about Chicago's QB situation he said this for a second let's be real short of a miracle the bears are screwed The reports last week that the Bears will go hard for Russell Wilson left me asking with what trade ships exactly. Why would Seattle incur a $39 million cap hit for 2021 by trading Wilson to the Bears for a package including, presumably, edge rusher Khalil Mack, quarterback Nick Foles, the 20th overall pick this year, and Chicago's first-round pick next year, among other things, question mark. Seattle currently has one pick in the top 125 choices in this year's draft, 56th overall. How do the Seahawks find a quarterback of the future with, say, 20 and 56 this year and no first-round pick next year? Seems like a futile pipe dream that the Bears would have much Seattle GM John Schneider would find equitable. I know that some of that was messed up, so there were some words missing. Um, I've thought for some time that the Bears will be left out of the prime QB stakes. Chicago's holding the 52nd and 83rd overall picks this year, and if the first round comes and goes without Wilson or Deshaun Watson coming, the Bears should pursue Las Vegas backup Marcus Mariota. I don't know if he can fulfill the promises of the pre-draft 2015, but he sure looked good in his brief trial with Vegas last season. Okay, this is me now. That was Peter King. First of all, no, no. No Marcus Mariota. I put the no stamp on him. And that 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 is only because, and I've said this many times with you guys before, you cannot the Bears are not in a position to take a chance and roll dice and take a risk. Like that would be doing that. That would be taking a huge risk. It's possible that Marcus Mariota could be a good quarterback and a starter with somebody for a lot of years in the NFL. There there is we know that there's the pedigree, but you don't know that, and he could be exactly the same as Mitchell Trubisky in terms of what he has accomplished. There are similarities there, so you just can't do that. All right. Now Here's the other part, because, of course, Peter King and all these guys that I've referred to have made sense in what they have said. But I will say this. Number one, don't underestimate the players, as I said, and the friction that exists with their franchises and the power that they have. Secondly, do not underestimate Pete Carroll's ego when it comes to Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll answers to nobody. He's the boss. He makes personnel decisions. He wants it his way. What, he's got a five-year contract that he is in the midst of? So 
don't underestimate that. He, he started doing things his way, and that's running the ball and not using Russell Wilson. Similarly, we've not heard Pete Carroll really strongly back up his quarterback and say, we want this guy forever, ever, ever, and there's no way we're going to trade him. So don't underestimate players. Don't underestimate ego, and specifically that of, of Pete Carroll. All right? So he wants it his way. Russell wants it his way. And sometimes partnerships, marriages break up when that happens. All right. And I want you to listen to this now, too. Softy Baller is a talk show host in Seattle. He was on the score today with Parkins and Spiegel. And those guys asked the magic question. Do you think, Mr. Softy, that Wilson will be with the Seattle Seahawks this year? You know, it's funny. Uh, we, we asked that same question on our show constantly. And about two weeks ago, I would have said yes. Uh, it would have been maybe 90-10. Maybe it's 80-20 right now. Uh, the idea that he's not going to be the quarterback for the Seahawks in September still to me sounds ludicrous because what Fakakta moronic NFL football team would ever give up a player of that caliber when you've spent your entire franchise history looking for one but I can't dismiss it, right? I mean, the longer this talk goes on, Russell Wilson's doing nothing to stop it. The Seahawks are doing nothing to stop it. All these reports and all this speculation about Russell Wilson moving on, I think the guy loves it. I think he loves the drama. And frankly, I think there's a part of the Seahawks that are sick of it. They're sick of paying him $35 million a year. They're sick of being that one team that's not going to be able to win the championship, along with a few others, obviously, because their quarterback's making too much money, and they want to restart, and they want to get younger. And the best way to do that is to get rid of your quarterback. So uh, the longer this goes on, man, I think anybody who just dismisses, and there's guys in the media in Seattle that will dismiss this and say, oh, it's no big deal. This is a bunch of hubbub about nothing. That's nonsense. The longer this goes on, the more the odds say he's not going to be here in September. I can guarantee you this, though. The odds of him being a quarterback of the Seahawks in five years from now, I think you're done. I think he's either gone this year or next, to be honest with you. <laughs> How about that? And, and no Bears fans wants next year. Like, no, 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 no. It's got to happen stat, like, right now. But there's there's a guy who is, now, understandably, he is a talk show host who gets to speculate and do the things that we like to do here on The Score. However, he's pretty plugged in. I mean, I've heard Softy Mahler through the years on the score. He knows what's up. He hears things. He's been around there a long time. So don't underestimate the player. Don't underestimate the ego of the coach. And something is obviously wrong there. And I've heard that from from other guys, too, that, yes, even if he does play with them this year, you could forget going forward that eventually something has Something has got to get done with him, either to make him happy or to get him out of there and make him happy somewhere else. So, yeah, this is this is getting interesting. And the other thing, too, that I want you to hear more on the quarterback and Russell Wilson. And, and Mahler was honest. Like, he was honest about some of the things about Russell Wilson that he's not – Patrick Mahomes, that he shouldn't be treated like him, that he doesn't, he's not necessarily the instant or the same type of game changer that Patrick Mahomes is. And we all, we, I think we all know that. I think that's probably obvious. Mahler did say that he, that Mahomes also is a guy who needs help around him as in like running game 
an offensive line, things like that. Listen to Mahler here. I believe he's a top five guy. Yeah, I okay. believe he's top five, certainly top ten for sure. And look, you know, I'm being half kidding when I talk about I'm going to Chicago. He would be an upgrade over anything that you've ever had in the history of the franchise. So, yes, I would absolutely try and acquire Russell Wilson if I were the Chicago Bears. But, you know, he needs, he needs help. He needs the offensive line. He needs that running game. Um, he needs to have wide receivers that can find a way to get down the field like he's got right now in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So the idea that you're going to go get Russell Wilson and then surround him with a bunch of slop and he's going to just simply put make everybody around, uh, everybody around him better the way Tom Brady did it in New England, uh, I don't know if I see that out of Russell Wilson. This is not a guy who is a, just a magic pill that you pop into any offense and all of a sudden a B-level wide receiver is an A-level wide receiver or a C-level guard is a B-level guard because you got Russell Wilson scrambling and avoiding sacks. I mean, look, th- this, this whole thing with Russell Wilson being upset at the Seahawks began because he simply put is tired of getting hit. And he has said that before. I'm tired of getting hit. Well, there's two reasons why the guy gets hit. Number one, he takes too many sacks because he holds onto the ball way too long. And then number two, because he's a runner. Simply put, right, when, when, you, when you feel like you can scramble, you're going to sit in the pocket longer and try and avoid pressure. You know, it's him, it's Randall Cunningham, guys like that that take a lot of sacks over the first 10 years of their career because they have that scrambling mentality. So Russell Wilson wants to survive long-term in the NFL and knock on wood in nine years. The guy has never missed a start due to injury. He's never missed a start, period. I think he's missed maybe one snap in his entire career, and that was when he went to the freaking tent to get checked out for a concussion that he didn't have. Um, He's got to learn how to get rid of the football or at some point in time, especially as he gets older, he's going to get banged up. But this, this whole thing is wild, man, that we're even talking about this because you guys got to remember, five months ago, we're literally sitting here on the air after they put up 37 against the Niners talking about him being the MVP and how Brian Schottenheimer might be the next hot coaching candidate in the NFL. Now the offensive coordinator is fired and he's in Jacksonville and the quarterback wants to trade. It's crazy how things have changed in five months. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole offseason – is crazy because I mean this NFL offseason has exactly been Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and that is all there's many other little stories and things that we will cover and talk about and who knows what might break tonight I'll be here for it all but it has been about those guys as for some of the things he said there, where you have Russell Wilson thinking he can get away from anything and run wild and that there hasn't been, he's been getting sacked too much, he's got bad offensive line, all of that kind of stuff. Is there a running game to help him? It's interesting because you don't think of the Bears when you think back to the season about offensive line being good, nor running game being good, nor do you think about that under Matt Nagy for that matter. But guess what? All of a sudden, Those two positions going into next year could be, ready for this, positions of strength for the Bears. We're going to talk about that next, and we're going to hear from Jared Payton on that very topic. And later on in our Bears Hour, there's some awesome stuff, some great quotes from Greg Olson, the the former Bears tight end, about his time here with the Bears, how he felt leaving the Bears. So we'll get into that. Also talk more about Allen Robinson and all Bears Hour here is the Grody Show in for the Joe O Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I think also something that I personally have felt a difference of that hasn't been exciting is uh, playing in a little bit bigger market. You know, I think that that's something that, you know, um, going from Jacksonville to Chicago, you know, I remember when I signed to Chicago, when I first got off the flight and I started going around in Chicago, it's like, you know, wow, like this is a, a huge market. You know, they, they love the Bears, it's a ton of energy, you know, uh, a sports city, you know, and I'm assuming New York is probably very similar to that. You know, when it, when it comes to, you know, the Jets and, and the Giants and just, you know, being in the Big Apple, you know, and that's why I train anyway in the, in the off season, you know, so, so I'm up there a lot. So I already kind of see it and feel it from a, from a big city aspect, but you know, that's, that's also a part of that can kind of, you know, offset the, the, the uh, taxes and stuff like that a little bit. Of course, Allen Robinson, although the Bears have his rights and they could put the franchise tag on him, he is right to, you know, make himself feel welcome or say nice things about other cities. He'll find something nice to say about all the New York teams and the Chicago teams. And yeah, man, the countdown is on for the the franchise slash transition tag deadline tomorrow, Tuesday. 3 p.m. Chicago time. And even if they do put the uh, the franchise tag on Allen Robinson, the Bears would have, there is a July date that they would still have to get a long-term deal done. So it doesn't mean that if he gets the franchise tag or probably not the transition tag, it doesn't mean that they won't still get a deal done. But unfortunately for Allen Robinson, there, there are too many other things and one massive thing that the Bears have to take care of before they can deal with Allen Robinson as important as Allen Robinson is. And by the way, there's going to be more about like the way Bears players see Chicago and what Allen Robinson was saying right there in regards to, wow, this is a huge city and they're crazy about sports. Wait till you hear Greg Olson a little bit later on. Some of the quotes I'm going to read to you that Greg Olson had, the former Chicago Bears first-round tight end pick about his time in Chicago, the good and the bad and the exit and all that kind of stuff. So that's coming up in our our Bears hour. But right now, you know, one of the things that Softy Mahler was talking about in Seattle as it pertains to Russell Wilson is if you know this guy was getting killed in Seattle and he was running for his life and he was getting sacked and people say, well, the same thing would happen to him in Chicago because of the offensive line and lack of running game. But those two things, well, they started to not exist in the same form at the end of this year. The Bears figured some things out. I do think that they have truly figured out the interior of that offensive line for sure. With Sam Mustafer, James Daniels presumably returning, and he just was looking great until he was hurt. I think that that guy is headed for eventually – um, you know, Pro Bowl status. Cody Whitehair just looks so much more comfortable on the interior. You know what I mean? Like he was, God, I hate to simplify this, but he was thinking too much when he was the center for the Bears. And he was fine, but he is a plus guard. You have Alex Bars too, who can play inside or outside. And that he's an interesting guy because could he be somebody who could play tackle for the Bears, and it is possible that he could do that. It's also a strong possibility that Bobby Massey will not be part of the Bears next season, and we don't know about Charles Leno, and I do think the Bears is very possible that they can be active in the draft at the 20th pick 
in the first round at a tackle position as well. And I think they'll bring in guys, and I think that will continue to evolve into possibly a position of strength for the Chicago Bears. And then there's the other thing, too. It clicked for David Montgomery this year. It did. All of a sudden. And he still kind of struggled early. We know he struggled last year, and he was injured a little bit, remember, in training camp. And But all of a sudden, all of the things that we had heard about David Montgomery— you know, the, the want to has always been there, but not just breaking the tackles, but making something of them. You know, he was always been hard to bring down, but that doesn't always mean that it was plus yardage. Just money was hard to bring down. Um, but we, we started to see the full package in terms of the burst, a little bit more speed than we had thought. I mean, speed is not going to be a huge part of what we're talking about with David Montgomery, but he's faster than I think people think. He started to catch the football more. He started to look legit by the end of the season. Um, I had Jared Payton on yesterday. Jared Payton, who is the son of Walter Payton, who works for WGN-TV. Jared Payton played the game at Miami and then with the Tennessee Titans in the NFL. He is very tuned into the Bears, obviously very tuned into running games. I asked Jared Payton, is what we saw from David Montgomery at the end of the season is that what we're going to see out of him going forward? You can't tell me anything different at all. Like he, that's him. And I know I had these conversations and fighting with people, Mark, who, you know, when it comes to the running back position, everybody is always looking for who's that next guy. And a lot of people weren't believing in the young man, but listen, Mark, if you want to know who a person is, you got to look at the film. And you got to look at the film before they get to where they're at. And so what I saw at David Montgomery from college, I was hoping to see, and I knew his abilities. It just was going to take a little bit of time. But you don't, you don't find – you can't just create toughness in a, in, a, in a running back. You just can't. It's either you got it or you don't have it. He has it. And his ability to – his feet, you know, like we all know that he's not that blazer that's going to go 70 yards on you and take you – you know, my dad wasn't like that. But in between the tackles and when he, especially when you can see the change out of him from being in the shotgun, taking snaps to being in that dot in that eye and then having either a, a full back in front of him or H back in front of him where he can, you know, th- those, those wider zones where he can find ways to get people some movement and find that hole back inside. But yards after contact to me is what's so impressive and he's always fighting for more yards all the time. And it's not just in the running game. He can be valuable in the passing game as well. So, yes, I knew this was that guy. I've always said that, and I will never get off that. He, I love his game, and I see how hard he works off the field. You know, getting takes from you know, his trainer and, and these guys that are working with his footwork and all this stuff that people see on Twitter, I get sent to me as text messages. You know, and I'm watching what he's doing. This young man has the ability to be special. And what I want to see is these guys more in the passing game as well. Him, Tariq Cohen, putting these guys in position in the slot to be able to take advantage of matchup problems with linebackers or safeties coming down. Because now that changes up the dynamics of your offense and it changes up how defenses have to play you. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can keep doing, but, the interior of that line is awesome. They got to figure out on, on those tackles. That has to be a main priority for this team moving forward. 
Great stuff from Jared Payton on the score yesterday when I was hosting. Was yesterday Sunday? Yeah, that would be the day, and Jared Payton was on, and that was great. We'll hear more from Jared later on in the show. And I invite you to interact here as well. 312-644-6767 is the the number if you want to call. If you want to text, it is the same number. 312-644-6767. I've got my Twitter open as well. At Mark Grody Sports is the place, and I will read your tweets on the air as well. Um, some of your some of your text messages coming in from the two one nine. He looked legit as the line improved. Yeah, there was definitely a correlation. And there should be, and I think that offensive line has been a problem since Matt Nagy got here. That's been part of it. Obviously, the quarterback situation has been number one, but. The offensive line has not allowed Matt Nagy to ever do everything that he has wanted to do. They started to get to that point towards the end of the season. Things were complicated by Trubisky being in because some of the playbook was not there. But once you got, and God bless Rashad Coward, but once you got him out of there and you changed things and you put a Fetty on the outside and you still had Leno on the left side, he was fine things started to click a little bit more with the Bears' offense, and I really liked what I saw out of the interior. From the 219, will Bars be right tackle? It's possible. I do think that you know Bars is a guy who, if he had not been injured, and I've talked to Hubba about this many times, if Bars had not been injured a couple of years ago ahead of the draft, he's a guy that probably would have been drafted maybe in the second or third round as opposed to being a free agent pickup. A lot of teams were interested in him, and it's kind of been a slow climb for bars, but I think it's possible. From the 5-6-3, Mariota has zero pedigree. Well, he's got pedigree. (laughs) He's a high draft pick who was a very successful college quarterback. I do not like the idea of signing Marcus Mariota because you can't afford to take a chance on a guy like that, and he might be great. Uh, from the 224, Peter King is one of the Chicago haters. He's a hater. Um, I don't know about that. It, it, he he definitely is a downer in what he said, but he is he is a terrific reporter. There's there's no doubt about it. And then one more here. And 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 Brandon, by the way, buddy, if anybody does call, just text me because we're. Di- different places at this moment so if you text me people who call i will put them on the radio um from the 224 you think alex smith is coming to chicago that's an interesting question he's not coming to chicago to be the starting quarterback of the bears that that is not going to happen because you know alex smith at this point is probably an average to below average quarterback at this point and we know the injury history and you again in the name of you can't take a chance you cannot take a chance on a on a guy like that in this particular predicament. Now, will he be in Chicago, though? That's not out of the question. You know, I mean, Matt Nagy, he loves Alex Smith. We know that. And if, if he could somehow fig, figure out a way to get him on the roster, whether it's as a second stringer, and I know that that would mean things have happened with Nick Foles, but maybe they do. Maybe things do happen with Nick Foles. Um, you know, he'd love to have him. I mean, he just raves about everything about, and mostly the human being, the leader aspect, all of that part. He'd be the Chase Daniel of the Bears if if he was to to come here. And I don't think. I mean, I think. Alex Smith at this point in his life would still like to be a starting quarterback. I don't know that there are teams that would be willing to, to take the chance. Um, one more thing from Jared Payton that I want to talk about. We talked a lot about 
Trubisky in our conversation. And you know, he talked about how he, he like a lot of people, he said he watched all of his games at North Carolina, scouted him, thought he was going to be good. And my question is, and I like asking this to anybody I can who is an expert or insider on Trubisky. Trubisky's not going to be with the Bears. I'd be shocked. But what I still want to know is, is Trubisky going to be a good a starting quarterback in the NFL again someday? And I asked Peyton, is Mitch still valuable? I definitely think a new, some new surroundings will probably be better for him. I just think that, you know, everything here in Chicago is, I mean, you have people who either love him or you hate him, right? And I just think he had a unfair shake. Um, you know, the, where you're drafted, right? When people draft you, you know, they move up and they have, they have the conviction. And listen, Ryan Pace, that's what he felt. He felt like, you know, you're looking at the, what he came from, from the Saints. And you looked at his completion percentage in college. And you looked at some of the things. And, you know, has he been kind of constructing this offense a little bit? He's trying to find pieces in, in part kind of like the Saints, right? And he thought maybe Trubisky could be that Drew Brees. Not saying that he will ever be Drew Brees, but maybe that's what his mindset was, of taking a guy that could hopefully figure out a way to take care of the football and to get it in the hands of those playmakers. Oh, here in Chicago, just – never really worked out and um the development i don't know if it's all on him it, i think everybody has to take blame can't just be all on trubisky um i i believe if he goes somewhere and he gets an opportunity to have a fresh start i think the opportunity for him to keep playing and to maybe definitely be a backup be a starter i'm not sure that's the work that he's gonna have to put in to be able to do that be, reading defense is a lot better uh, and but then also people putting him in a, an offense that really works for him and that he that can help him thrive because he's athletically gifted. He can move. His feet are what are amazing about him, and it's also in some way the downfall of his game as well. Especially dropping back and and being more centered when he's you know being able to not throw off that back foot and mm-hmm. and, and be more confident. If he can find a way and get with someone that can really truly teach him and break down his game. Um, that's the hard part in the NFL, right, Brody? You, you, yeah. We want these quarterbacks to come in right off the jump and to make a splash because we know you only hit a certain amount of time before that rookie deal's done. And then now if you have to pay that quarterback, you're, you're handcuffed to what you can do at other positions with your team. EI, what happened to Russell Wilson? I mean, there, there's certain things that you can't do. So we're looking so much at these rookies where – he truly needed that time to come in, having a great offense in mind. He didn't have that when he got here to Chicago. And so the problem is, is he needed time to grow and he got thrown in the fire and people wanted those results real fast. And in some ways I get it. In some ways it's unfair. So if he goes somewhere else and fresh start, I give, it gives him an opportunity to kind of break down his game and to learn a little bit more and hopefully let's see what he can do. But uh, here in Chicago, I think it would be, be hard for him to continue on here. Yeah, I mean, amicable breakup. That's what it would be. I mean, it's like one of those classic cases of, yeah, both sides are going to be better off without the other. And maybe, we talked about the David Montgomery click, maybe it will click for Mitchell Trubisky at some point in time. Quick uh, text here. Jared is so nice. He signed autographs for me on his uh, dad's page of my 85 Super Bowl book. Later on, we're going to hear more from Jared Payton. We're here the rest of the, the interview. And we talk about his dad, Walter Payton, 
and I had him. I had. And you're definitely going to want to be around for this. I'll warn you when it's coming. He and he sang it beautifully. I asked him to sing his dad's part in the Super Bowl Shuffle. So. <laughs> That is something for you to look forward to on this show between now and 10 o'clock tonight. When we return, your calls if you got them, 312-644-6767, and that's the text line as well. But there's some quotes I want to read to you from Greg Olson. We heard from Al Robinson about playing in Chicago and what it's like and kind of the, the wide eyes in Chicago and what a crazy sports town it is. I want to read you some of the quotes from Greg Olson, the good and the bad of what happened when he was with the Chicago Bears. That's next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. The whole deal has to just be drenched in the desperation of one Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And, and by desperation, I mean that respectfully. Like, it's go time, guys. You, you got you, you to win now. And so if you look at their relationship with the Bears like, like a marriage that is coming apart – Like, it's time for the Mercedes in the driveway with a bow on it. Yeah. Cannot argue with that. Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network. I'm Mark Rohde here in Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, 312-644-6767. If you haven't heard, Dak Prescott gets a deal done with the Dallas Cowboys. So he's off the board. And, yeah, we're talking about the possibilities of Bears quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And I put a tweet up talking about how the Bears would be able to support Russell Wilson if he was to come to the Bears. And, yeah, there are definitely varying responses on my Twitter right now at Mark Grody Sports. Things like, um, are you confirming that Russell will be a Bear? No, I am not, Tony T. But thanks for tweeting, man. Um, from Mr. Robert Lee, 33, bleeping right, Mark. And then I, think I lost the tweet, my favorite one, because it's a, it was it's a good question. Uh, oh yeah, here it was from from Brent Grissom on on my Twitter at Mark Curtis Sports. He says, "Why do you do this to yourself? It's not happening. I do this to myself because a it's fun, b it's the essence of sports talk radio, and it's a blast. It's what we do. It is fun, and I do have hope, and I think there are a lot of Bears fans who have hope, and until somebody says it ain't happening who actually has a real voice in all this, then this story will stay alive, and the Bears need it. So I'm not doing anything bad to myself. I am I am enjoying it. 312-644-6767. Joe, St. Charles. What's going on, Joe? You're on the score. Oh, Joe. Oh, he's <laughs> I've been told he's coming. This he's... expert that. And a guy throws the pass, and it's like, you know, Joe. Bar, hey, Joe. It's... Joe, we, met, we yeah. missed. Uh, I want every word of what you're saying. We missed the beginning. I, I, I don't know what was going on, Joe, but you're on the score. Let's t- take two. Okay. Go. I said I get a big hoot out of listening to people that are supposed to know what they're talking about. And... You know, this guy's got to have perfect form, and he's got to set up and throw off his back foot perfect. And then when Aaron Rodgers, the guy from Kansas City, is throwing sidearm, you know, with his neither foot on the ground and all that stuff, it's like, holy smokes, what a great – the results are what matter, I think. And it's like – it just makes me laugh. What do you think? Well, Joe, I actually 
I, I appreciate your passion and the animation and the voice. I mean, the whole thing. The, the, you're, you're the full package, Joe. But I will say that I kind of enjoy people that know more about football than I do and have those kind of thoughts. Uh, I learn a lot. So some of it's, you know, some of it I disagree with. And some, yeah, I mean, some of it can be overkill. But for the most part, Joe, I am sorry to say, but in a nice way, because that's my thing. I shoot people down in a nice way. I have to disagree with you. I'm sorry, Joe. Are you? Are we still cool? Oh, Joe's gone. Joe's had it. I mean, things got off to a rocky start in that call as it was. But no, Joe, I, I totally appreciate you calling. 312-644-6767 is the number. Um, I slowed down there because I saw some, some Trevor Bauer text messages coming in here. Um yeah, so, and yeah, that needs to be ignored. That needs to be taken out right there as well. Okay, um, coming up here on this particular show, I told you we're going to do the Greg Olson. I have now run out of time in this hour to get to that, so I promise you I will do that right out of the 7 o'clock hour. That is, tell you some very telling cuts or quotes from Greg Olson, the former Chicago Bear. So we'll get into that. And Jason Hayward was on the score today. He was talking to Lawrence Holmes. He said one thing yesterday or today that was just spectacular about the nature of Cubs fans and expectations. Going to get into that, and there will be fans in the stands. At least that is the plan for both the Cubs and the White Sox. So more Bears, more Cubs, more Sox in the 7 o'clock hour. It's Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.